This is Michelle Ellis, and you're listening to the Rooted TCK Podcast. Hey, MKs, welcome back to another episode of the Rooted TCK Podcast. Today, I am joined by my friend, Andrew Sutherland. Andrew grew up as an MK in Europe. We've known each other for a while. We both went to SAGU, and I think that's where we first met years ago at some point. So Andrew, welcome. Happy to have you. And I'm going to turn it over to you if you can just share a little bit about yourself. Yeah, well, thanks for having me. First of all, it's awesome to get to be a part of a conversation to know that TCKs are going to get a chance to hear a little bit about what we're talking about. So my name's Andrew. I am a licensed professional counselor in Texas, Colorado, and Wyoming. So a little bit about my background. I was a TCK, still am. Uh, Grew up overseas in Europe lived outside of Amsterdam, and then I also lived in Wales when I was in high school. Then I went to SAGU, as Michelle mentioned. And so after that, I went on and got my PhD in counselor education and supervision from the University of Wyoming. And now I'm back in Texas where I'm teaching counselors. So right now I am uh, actually training counselors. So these are graduate students who are wanting to become counselors and go and do therapy in the field. And so I get the opportunity to help train them, teach them, and then I also do some supervision as well. And all of that, I'm still a counselor. So that's, that's the long-winded part of all the things I do. So it's kind yeah. of busy. Yeah, super cool. And technically, you are now an LAC TCK. But listen, once once Europe, always Europe. And so now you get oh, to split and LAC. You get to, <laughs> to claim two parts of the world, which is really cool because your parents have transferred to LAC to work in the Dutch-speaking islands. That's right. I'm LAC now. So that's it. I've claimed it. Hey, we'll claim you too. We're happy to have you as part of the family and love your parents. They're great. But anyways, we just wanted to be able to connect with you. We've had a, a conversation with Leah Wilson about counseling and we talked about anxiety and some different things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we just see so much in this day and age about mental health and there's so many conversations happening around it and We just really wanted to be able to have you on as another person in the field to be able to talk to TCKs and hear a little bit of some, some perspective and some advice and some, some wisdom, not just from your professional experience, but even from your experience as a TCK yourself, having gone through it. So one thing that is a, a regular challenge, MKs are constantly having to move one place to the next right? I I would just like to hear some of your starting thoughts on those transitions that we're regularly having to make and how how we can best adjust. What are some of the things involved that MKs are feeling in in the midst Mm -hmm. of transition? Since sometimes we feel so many things, but we can't always pinpoint what's going on. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's such a unique experience that I think, and having gone through that as I moved overseas when I was three, and had that back and forth that many TCKs have talked about or have experienced. And, and even now where it's like, okay, I'm in a new place. I've just moved back to Texas. So it's like kind of this theme of constantly moving and changing. And there comes a lot of good things from that. And I know we've had conversations about some of the strengths that come from getting different perspectives, living in different cultures, meeting new friends from all over the world. That's such a unique thing to be able to say, oh, I, I've had a conversation with someone who's on the other side of the planet earlier today. And and it comes with this kind of ability to adapt to different situations, There's some great things that come with it. But at the same time, when we adjust from one culture or one place to the next, 
there's a lot of grief and loss that goes into that. There's a lot of anxiety that I'm glad to hear that you had that conversation with Leah about that. Like how there's some unknown that happens whenever we transition to different places. That loss piece is what resonates to me. I think about every time you move, you're saying goodbye to something that you built, right? There's relationships you built. There's time that you invested maybe in a school or in a different community or at a church or whatever it might be. And then it's like, okay, now you're kind of gone and going on to the next one. And it, it can be difficult to realize when it's happening that you're saying goodbye to a pretty significant part of your life. And that constant shift, I think, is something that I've heard a lot of TCKs talk about. How do you say goodbye? How do you move on to the next thing while you're still holding on to the past? And so I think that can be a real challenge for a lot of people. And certainly was in my life that every four years or three years constantly moving. And even now I kind of joke about this. And I've, I've heard people mention this, the MK clock is ticking where it's like every three years, I'm like, oh, maybe we need to move. Maybe we need to go somewhere else. So I think there's a lot in that. But yeah, it's tough to recognize, hey, are we actually saying goodbye to the places that we leave? I think is such an important part of it. And how do you do that? What does that look like? And then also, how do you go into the next place prepared for the excitement of trying something new without thinking, oh, I'm just going to say goodbye to this as well, which I know that can also be a tough part of it. Yeah. So so you hit on a question I want to ask from that because that's really good. So really you had two that I'd like to get to in this conversation, but one of them being how do you begin to say that goodbye and make that adjustment? I, I read one time, this was years ago with MKs, how with all of those goodbyes, a lot of times it's not the pain of that one singular goodbye that you're making, but it's like each goodbye stacked on top of another that make it so painful and that feel like such a loss because it's just that constant cycle of things not being constant and maybe secure. But how do MKs start to make that adjustment and how do they start to say goodbye? Yeah. Yeah. And with that as well, there's the compounding that happens that you talked about where it's like, oh, well, I've said goodbye so many times. Then there's the part of anticipating the next goodbye that gets in the way of the next relationships. But then also what you're saying goodbye to, I think is really tough because whenever we're moving from one country to the next or a new town or whatever it might be, it's like everything that was in that system is being taken out except for maybe your family, right? The immediate people around you are the only ones that get to go along for the journey. And so you're not just saying goodbye to like a friend it's almost like you're saying goodbye to entire life. It's kind of more than just a culture, it's an identity. It's sort of who you are is often in those relationships with people at school or at church or in the community of friends, the activities that you do. And so a lot of it, it's like, this is who you are. And that person is having to leave all of that and then try and start it again, only with that core you know, relationships with family members. So to me, it's a huge thing. And so I think sometimes we get caught up in like, Oh, I'm saying goodbye to a friend. And I'm like, oh, no, you're saying goodbye to everything that you know. Um, and so that's a really tough thing. So how do you do that? Well, I, I think for me, I could speak to my experience because I think there's a lot of different ways people can do that. Some are maybe more beneficial than others. But for me, it's about, okay, what is it that I want to take from this experience that's going to still be the me that I take with me, if that makes sense? Yeah. So, Okay. There's some relationships that I've had in different places I've lived that I have said, I'm going to make a commitment to holding on to that even as I go forward. And that can be really tough. And so I've got friends from high school who I haven't seen them in 10 years and may not see them again for 10 years or whatever it's been. 
And I'm going to make a commitment to try and stay engaged as I can in those relationships. But also parts of it are like the cultural aspects. So maybe it's, hey, I'm just going to pay attention to what's going on there. I'm just going to stay connected. But then I'm also going to spend time saying goodbye to it while I'm there. I always think of towards the end of your time in one country, maybe it's spending time doing your favorite things while you were there. Maybe it's spending time with the people you care about. Maybe it's spending time talking about what you did and finding a place where you can have those conversations. I just think that's really important to do. So those are just some of the ways that I've done it. Yeah. So thinking about one thing you hear MKs say a lot in the midst of the transition. And I know for me, it was things that I thought about a lot as well. When you get to a new place, for me, it was usually being in the States for itineration because you have that one year typically, give or take. So it's fairly brief. You have to either build relationships really quick to make it worth your while or a lot of MKs, they, they think about the defense mechanisms because they know inevitably in a year, I'm going to say goodbye, like you were talking about. You know, mm-hmm. So it's something I remember thinking about for myself, but even working with MKs and recently have heard from parents of their kids saying, well, what's the point? You know, what's the point of mm-hmm. making friends? What's the point of getting involved with youth group or, or kids church or whatever it might be that's available to them wherever they're based out of? So what things would you say to that for the MK who maybe they're in that place, they've just said goodbye, they're just starting somewhere new, and they're in that place of what's the point of this? Well, well, first, as you were sharing, I thought it makes perfect sense, right? It would be exactly what I would expect anybody to say is that, hey, why even bother? I'm only going to be here for a year. What's the significance of these people that I'm going to interact with? You get caught up in that thinking of, well, I'm just going to say goodbye in a year. And that's sort of it. And it's like, what's the point? Why get engaged with these people? Why get connected with these people? Why let them into my life or whatever? And I always think when I hear that, it's like, yes, in a lot of ways, that's perfectly a good way to think of it. At the same time, if we look at the perspectives of the people in that community, maybe it's changing the question from why should I give to them? Why should I be a part of this? But then think, okay, what might they be able to gain from me? What is it that you can offer that place? And I think that's really where a lot of healing comes and stability comes is whenever we shift it from what can I get from people around me to what might I be able to bring to this place, even if it's just for a year. I've got friends that I made in that one year itineration that it's like, oh, that was somehow stronger than some of the ones I had for four years right over on the other side. And so I think it's maybe thinking, hey, there might be something that you have to offer at the same time, we need connection. We've learned that in the last couple of years as a world, as a planet, <laughs> that hey, even just a year alone is not healthy. Yeah. And so learning that, yeah, we need connection even on the short term as well. And so there is something that we can get out of that. If nothing else, just the stability of it. I love that you said that there is possibly something that we have to offer someone else in that short time. I I wish that there was a way on the podcast to have a little fire emoji or the 100% or clapping or something, (laughs) because that is something that I think about regularly. And in the opportunities that I've had, I've tried to encourage MKs with that. It's more than what we can get from people. And listen, I say it and I have seen it in my life that the Lord is kind to bring us community and to surround us with Mm -hmm. people. 
And there are lonely times, but Jesus also faced loneliness. So there are those seasons, there are those moments, but he knows how to bring people to us. And so that that's an element, but it's we shouldn't always wear that hat of what can I get from community, but what do I have to give? I mean, we see it all the time. I mean, you've stayed involved with ministry to MKs. We worked together this summer. And so we have these conversations with MKs and we see how much God has put in MKs because of their unique experiences, the things that he's been able to develop in them, just because of the fact that they grew up the way that they did. And that can be something that is so encouraging to someone else. So I'm really grateful you said that. Yeah, well, I think it goes back to kind of a philosophy I hold as a counselor is that if we can find meaning in what we're doing, then it helps us pursue whatever it is. We can kind of overcome the obstacles that get in our way. I was just speaking at a youth group actually out close to Austin last week, and we were talking about loneliness. Mm -hmm. And so it's about how sometimes when we get lonely, we withdraw from the world or we feel like we've been rejected from the world. And there's like two different ways people often respond to that. One, they start becoming very cynical externally. And so it's really easy to be like, oh, I'm going to withdraw from everyone because I'm not connected and start saying, well, it's because all these people are wrong. (laughs) They're not worth my time. They're not worth whatever. They don't have the right ideas or they're all terrible people. And so we become very cynical, which drives a bigger wedge. Um, Or on the flip side, we start being cynical about ourselves. We start thinking maybe we're not worth people's time. Maybe we're not worth that connection. I think whenever we get to that place, it's like, those are really bad places to be in life whenever you're sort of disconnected and you're having thoughts that are leading you to continue to be disconnected even further. So in the middle of that, how can we switch that to finding a meaning or the reason that you're there and finding a purpose, even in that one year gap, is really crucial. That's why I always like, hey, turn it on to what you maybe have to do to better the situation. What can you do to better the school that you're in only for a year or better the church group that you're in for only a year? Um, I just think that that's a way that people can make sense of all of it. Otherwise, it's just, oh, I have to move all over and I, I don't have a say in any of it. Yeah, absolutely. That's really good. Another thing you had mentioned earlier, you said in terms of your own transitions and things that helped you make those transitions, you said something along the lines of the me that I take with me, you know, this version of you, whether it's the four years that you're in Europe or LAC or Africa or AP or wherever, and then taking that person with you to your next destination. There's a little bit of an identity component that you're hitting on with that. So if you could dive into that a little bit and help us unpack a little bit of what that means of the versions of you that you're taking to these different places and the adjustment that comes along with that. It's tough because it gets pretty complicated, I guess, if I'm not careful. But I'm thinking of the symbol that a lot of MKs and TCKs we kind of identify with, which is this image of the chameleon, right? It's the chameleon that changes and adapts to the environment that they're in. And what happens is if you're not careful, you become just two different people. Mm-hmm. There's the version of you that's maybe in that place. And then there's the new version of you that's in the other place. I've talked to MKs who, who are sort of like, oh, that was a different life almost. It's not just, oh, that was a different place I lived. It was like a different version of me. You kind of compartmentalize parts of yourself. And I just think, how do we actually bring forth the real you in the middle of that? I see it a lot whenever we actually get together as MKs when it's like, oh, For the first time, I feel like I'm connected to people who share that experience of going back and forth. 
And you, you know, as well as anybody, you go to any of those kind of retreats, it's like they build more meaningful relationships in three days <laughs> than they do in three years anywhere else. And it's because the first time a part of themselves that holds both of those identities gets to meet someone else who holds both of those identities. And it's like, they immediately belong to each other. It's like, okay, someone actually gets this for once. And so for me, it was about, okay, I got to figure out, am I just going to be a different person who transforms into a different person everywhere I go? But then it's like, well, what parts of me are consistent? And so I spent some time on my, doing my own work of looking at, okay, what part of me is the same? throughout all of these different switches. Yeah. <laughs> What's the one thing? And then what are the things I choose to hold on to? And there's times in my life where maybe it was really practical. I've got things that I keep in my house that are sort of a reminder of where I've lived, or maybe I stay in contact with, you know, I follow sports teams from the different places that I've lived. Mm-hmm. But it's like, those are just kind of this external thing. It's more about, oh, what are the lessons I've learned? What are the stories that I've had with people in my life through all these places that are shaping who I am? And so that's more at the deeper level where I try and hold on to that is, oh, these are all stories that have impacted who I am today and they're going to impact where I'm going. And yeah. so I try and hold on to that as tight as I can. Is there something in that process when you were trying to observe the constant themes in your life of, oh, okay, carry this with me from Amsterdam to the States, to Wales, to now Texas, you know, all of these different things. Was that just like a mental thing that you did of making mental notes? Or was there something, maybe some like practical steps that you took that could help someone else on how, how they could implement that? Sure. I, I think for me, it was more just spending time and reflection and prayer and spending time of thinking, okay, who am I? Who do I want to be? So to me, it was a lot more kind of internal. I'm a very internal processor. And so that's sort of how I go through it. It can look like counseling for some people where it's going to a place and talking about these experiences and starting to kind of piece it together. It can also be in your relationships. Maybe you find yourself telling stories about where you've lived. That's a common one for me. If I'm starting to tell the same stories from the same places, it's like, oh, there's something significant about that story. And I think that draws into a little bit more about who I am. So I think for me, it's that you can also do spend some time writing about it. I think that's probably one of the more healthy ways to do it is spend time writing out what this story is, maybe a letter to the place that you just were and the place that maybe you find yourself missing. If you were speaking to that whole part of yourself, I think that could be really helpful. I just think you have a choice in this. You can either kind of go through the changes or you can choose what I want to take. And you know what? You can also choose what you want to leave. Maybe there's some things it's like, hey, I'm not taking that with me. I think that can be pretty empowering. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I think that's so, so cool because there's just so much about life that's out of our control, but finding those things and those ways that we can maybe feel like we have a little bit more control in a sense, you know, of okay, what am I going to leave behind, you know, and what am I going to take with me? I think that's a really neat perspective and something really cool that can really help a lot of MKs to, to figure out what to what to do to make the best of their situation moving forward because you know like like I said there's just certain things that you can't necessarily always change about your circumstance but I think that you're oftentimes going to get out of it what you put into it would that be a fair statement oh for sure absolutely yeah I mean what you choose to invest into it is what you're gonna it's kind of the reap what you sow sort of thing right yeah. And so, yeah, I think there is, you, you do have a say in that. You, it's like the one thing you can control is how you're going to 
the attitude you have towards it. How important would you say it is when MKs are in the midst of transition and adjustment to to lean on MK community? And I know that's not always possible in certain situations. You may not necessarily be somewhere where there's a lot of MKs, but I will do a, a quick plug for MK office and for extension of MK office, whether myself or I know the other regions, they also have people who do MK care. So how, how important would you say that is to MKs and making healthy transitions? Yeah, I think if nothing else, it shows that you're not alone. A lot of this process can feel very lonely. It feels like you have no control on what's going to happen. And, and I think if nothing else, being able to be with people who can share in that and be like, no, hey, I'm going through this as well. And I think that's really important is that we don't feel alone in what we're doing. It gives us a sense of belonging. At the same time, I think it's also important to think about, okay, the goal isn't to just connect with these few people who've had this very, very unique experience that they all share, yeah. but it's also, okay, how do I also connect with the people that I go the next place that I move to? And I think if you spend time listening to people wherever you live in the world, you'll find that people probably relate to you a little bit more than you give them credit to. Yeah. Maybe they didn't live in a different country, but maybe they've had to move from a different place. Maybe they've had to go through changes that they didn't want to go through, or maybe they go went through changes they did want to go through, right? And so I think that actually we don't, I think sometimes we can get caught up in that, like, oh, we're the only ones that have done this. And I think it's like, it's important to also recognize everybody has gone through different things that yeah. maybe, you know, are different than your own. And yeah, I, I just think that's important as well with that belonging. Yeah, I, I think that's good. And I think that's one thing, you know, we, we both went to SAGU, so that's the experience that we can speak to, you know, so can't speak for other schools, but I'm sure that this is something on other campuses as well. But that was something I think I appreciated in terms of my college transition, you know, which tends to be one of the more challenging transitions for a lot of MKs is that first year back in the States for college. And I, I felt there was a good balance on campus between there, there were MKs there and there were things happening on campus where they could get together like once a month or something, a couple times throughout the semester, very low pressure. If you wanted to go, you could, but there were also so many other things to be involved with on campus to make non-MK friends. Yeah. And yeah. I I talked to MKs about that quite a bit. Most of my close, close friends that I developed in college weren't MKs. But when I was going through something that maybe I needed to process with another MK, I knew that there were people on campus, you know? And so yeah. I thought having that balance was, was really helpful, especially in that type of transition. For sure. For sure. Absolutely. Like, you got to have both, right? There and and for some people, maybe it's more of, hey, I need to lean more on the MK group because that's sort of what I need right now. There's others that it's like, hey, you know what? I'm good. I don't want. I don't want to, you know, have those kind of relationships. I'd rather go out and be with the people who aren't MKs. And I think to me, I'm like, oh, I don't see the. I think the, the concern is when you go to the extremes, when it's like I'm only going to interact with people like this or that or either way, and so. I think, yeah, I, I think it makes perfect sense that it's like we need both in our lives. Because you need you need your, your local friends who can be your, your cultural guides to wherever yeah. you find yourself. Yeah, so, and your local friends need you to be their cultural guide. Yeah, yeah. There you go. We're, we're bringing it back to that good point. Full good circle, point. yeah. So what would you say to the 
the MKs in college, particularly that first year, what would you say mm -hmm. to them in the midst of, of their transition and this whole new adjustment that they're going through, not just from maybe where they were living to the States, but now from being under mom and dad to being possibly on their own, mom and dad may not be near them. What, what would you say to them? Yeah, it's tough because I always have a hard time with these questions because it's like, <laughs> there's so many variations, right? There's yeah. different ways that people could react to that and different ways that different things people might need. You know, I, I think first and foremost, just because I am a counselor, so I have to throw it out there because it's really important yeah. is, you know, if you find yourself feeling very isolated and maybe very anxious or very, maybe feeling depressed in some way, if you're on a campus, most universities have a counseling center there. And so I would just encourage anybody to utilize that. And even if you're like, I'm not experiencing those things, but I just want a place to talk. I think that's an excellent resource that is, you know, something to think about. But what I might say in that situation is I would say you got to get out and meet people somehow. And I think that's just, it's really easy in our world to just stand back in the distance and sort of wait for somebody to come along, right? And I think we kind of, it's easy to maybe feel a little anxious about being out with people or, you know, and, and I think the most important thing you can do is go out and meet new people and listen to them, listen to the things they have to say, the stories they have and start building some social skills because I've learned that social skills are different in every culture you live in. Yeah. <laughs> Even I just moved from Wyoming and now I live in Texas and it's like, those are very different ways that people interact with each other. Yeah. And so I would just make a commitment that, Hey, I'm going to go out and I'm going to learn a little bit about the people that I'm around and I'm going to, you know, build relationships. And even if it's that just, you know, maybe for one person who's maybe more extroverted, maybe that's the easiest assignment in the world to hear. It's like, okay, I can go do that. Yeah. Um, but for the one that's maybe a, more on the introverted side, like myself, where it's like, that sounds really intimidating. Maybe it's just learn to say hi to someone this week. Maybe it's just something really, something that maybe the, as we're talking, me might, or you're hearing this, you might think, well, that's pretty small. Well, that might be huge for one person yeah. to try and go do that. So I would say learn how to make connections with people because wherever you live, you're going to need to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I appreciate that you're, you, you were kind of targeting both the extrovert and the introvert, because that was one thing I was going to ask is for the introverted MK, which that's me as well, of any any tips you might have to help them as they're trying to build relationships and connect with people when it can feel intimidating, one, just because of how you're socially wired, two, how you're culturally wired, and maybe you're now in a culture that you don't quite understand what the the, the cultural and social norms are. One thing, and, and if you have anything to add to this and on top of what you've already shared, one thing... I've learned is if you just try to keep finding questions <laughs> to ask people to get to know them, you know, that can be a good way. And then in that, you might find a, a connecting point, you know, mm -hmm. as, as you're talking about, hey, what do you like to do on the weekends? And maybe mm -hmm. as they share something, you're like, oh, yeah, me too. And then from that, maybe a little bit more of a natural conversation can flow. Any, For sure. For... any thoughts? Any yeah. Other... Yeah. So, so going because there's two parts there. So going back to the introverted part, yeah. I believe that we, you know, as, as MKs, and I think that generally as people that we kind of all have, have to embrace an adventurer's spirit, right? Yeah. We have to kind of approach our, our life as an adventure in some way or the other, whether it's, and we don't know what that adventure is going to look like. We can't, you know, try and pursue it to be a happy time because we don't know if it's going to be happy, but 
we have to kind of hear out the adventure in our life and go with that. And for the introvert, the greatest adventure you can go on is out in the world. It's outside of yourself and it's kind of going out and interacting with people. And so I think that, yeah, you're right. It, it can be intimidating. It can be a little bit like, oh man, the, the anxiety's kicking in where it's like, you know, the Jenga tower's just tilting on its edge and it's sort of about to fall over. And I think that if, you're, if your job is to keep the, t- the tower upright, you're probably not going to win. But if you approach it as this is a great adventure, you're, you're getting called out into the unknown and hey, maybe something cool is going to happen out of that. And I think if nothing else, you're going to learn something about yourself and the people around you. So I think embracing that adventure, then on the other side for the extrovert, it's like the greatest adventure you can go on is inside yourself. It's spending time reflecting on who you are because it's, they're both just different ways of processing. One's processing your world outside and one's processing inside. And so that's just on the introvert extrovert thing. That's kind of my thought is pursue the adventure, go for it. Yeah. Um, Then for the social skills, I think you're right on. I mean, I, I agree completely. I think that the most important skill you can learn is how to listen. And that's not just because I'm a counselor who trains counselors. Like you have to be able to listen if you're going to be, I mean, you think about it. If you can listen to someone really clearly and understand what they're saying, one, that person's going to feel pretty heard. And everybody, as much as everyone likes to talk about themselves, I think people like to feel heard maybe a little bit more. It's like, oh, you actually care about me and actually care about what I want to say. And so I think if you can just commit to, hey, I'm going to go and listen to someone and then not only listen, maybe I'm going to hear what they say. I'm going to try and understand it. And then I'm going to communicate it back to them just to make sure I understand them correctly. It's like, if you do that, people are going to respond to that. Like, oh my goodness, someone not only cares enough to listen, they actually understood what I said. And then if you do that, you'll start hearing things, as you mentioned, that maybe relate to your own story and you can bring that out. And that's, that's how, that's how relationships kind of start forming. Yeah. That, that was really good. People want to be heard and understood, you know, and that really is, Mm -hmm. is the key. And I think that can go such a long way with, like you were saying, building, building relationships, because that's what we all want. And that's what, that's what the MK is wanting when we're in a culture that we don't quite know where we belong and how we fit and what we bring to the table. And when people can take the time to get to know us, hear our stories, Mm We appreciate that. We appreciate when people take that genuine interest. So let's take that genuine interest into into our conversations with other people that maybe we don't quite understand yet. But we can yeah, for sure. Learn. Yeah. And like you want to be able to find the common ground, like you mentioned. And yeah. I think that if you can get there as fast as you can, you're going to notice it's going to go easier. What I've noticed sometimes with, with MKs and TCKs that I know, it it's like, there's a temptation to bring our past out and be like, oh, look at what we did in this other country. This is what I did somewhere else. Yeah. And what that can do sometimes is that doesn't find common ground. It just sort of isolates the other person. It creates more distance because it's like, oh, you're talking about something. I have no idea what that is. Yeah. But instead, what if you took that same story and just made the emphasis on the commonalities yeah. You know, maybe they're telling a story about something fun they did. They went to a theme park. I don't know. I'm making something up. And you're like, well, I went to this great theme park out in Argentina. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, maybe let's, yes, Argentina is important. And I hope that you get to talk more about that. But hey, you also went to a theme park. You know what it's like to have fun. You like to have fun. This person likes to have fun as well. Maybe that's something to focus on. So yeah. it's not saying you have to reject all of it. I'm just saying maybe you focus on the commonalities first. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's a really good and helpful and practical tip because patients are important to us as MKs because they they mm-hmm. hold so much more meaning because they tell so much about us, you know. For when sure. We, but when it comes to connecting with people who don't share those experiences, you know, it's it's not necessarily crucial to the story that they know that this theme park is located in Argentina that I went to. <sighs> crucial is that they we can bond over the fact that we've both been to theme parks and we both love them. So that's, that's yeah, a and, point. And the magical part of it is eventually, if you play this out, what's really amazing is it's not like, oh, I just threw out this thing that's, because, re- you know, the places I lived, I, I lived in Wales, that's important to me. And yeah. I could bring that up in every conversation. But in a lot of ways, that's just me putting myself out there and then people just kind of ignoring it. And that doesn't feel very good. Yeah. <laughs> but what's really amazing is if I can find common ground with someone, if I can build a relationship with someone, well, one day someone might start asking, hey, what is it like in Argentina? What was it like for you in Wales? Right. Yeah. And that to me is so much more meaningful when someone is like, oh, this person cares enough to know more about me beyond the common things. That's when, I don't know, to me, I'm like, oh, that's way more powerful than me yeah. just kind of throwing things out there. Yeah. It's it's kind of playing the long game, which MKs yeah. are always good at because we we have that constant clock in our heads telling us okay we've got one year if we're going to make friends we got to do it now so we we jump in deep and we jump in fast (laughs) instead of playing that long game so that's 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 definitely a really good point yeah the pressure's cooking right the pressure's on it's like you gotta (laughs) gotta condense it all down it's like well no you you can just you can just kind of take it easy you know one one final question before we start wrapping up and getting to our our last questions I wanted to go back to something earlier when we were talking about the identity piece, and and I'd love to have another conversation about this in more depth later in a future episode, because it was just really good. But what what would you say in all of this and with the adjustment and with, you know, this version of me here, this version of me there, all of that, and where does the Christ identity fit into this for the MK making the adjustment because I think growing up, even when I look back for me, when I was making all those regular transitions from Argentina back to the States, where so much of who I was was wrapped up in in my MK identity, a lot of it wrapped up in my, my Argentina identity. And I had a relationship with the Lord, but it wasn't the thing that always sustained me. And it was, it wasn't until maybe I got a little bit older when that MK identity no longer held me up, (laughs) that I was like, Mm -hmm. oh, okay, this isn't, this can't be the primary thing. So what, what would be just, if you have a quick thought on that? Yeah, well, I, I think you're right on with that because it's, it is the center of it all, right? It is the one thing that will always be consistent that you can bank on right? And when I talk about the purpose or finding meaning, it's like, that's the ultimate meaning in life, right? Is this idea that God himself gave his son so that we could be with him. It's like the ultimate belonging, the ultimate sacrifice, all all of this is wrapped up. And I think if you put that at the identity, it's like, well, everything in the world can go up and down and sideways and you can move this way and that way, right? And it's like, that's the one thing that can be constant. That's the bearing that kind of brings stability to all of it. And so, the more you lean into that, I think finding those things in your life that are like, that's a constant. I, I just think that's really crucial for, for MKs because you're right. It's like, oh, if I just put everything I am into an MK identity, it's like, well, 
that only helps me every three years when I'm back in the States for you know, the suffer for the month of June. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, that's, that's not, you know, it's like, that's wonderful. I'm glad you have those experiences at retreats and things, but it's like, that's not going to help you, you know, the rest of the year. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's, it's fine. And, and I, to me, I'm like, that's, that's the most important decision you can make is to have that be at the center of it. And this, this will definitely be a, a conversation that we'll, we'll continue to have on the podcast. We don't have time to keep unpacking it now. So just kind of hold on to that in case until we can come back to it. So kind of some final questions as we're wrapping up. So first of all, do you have any last little pieces of wisdom and advice that you want to give as it relates to adjustment and making that successfully? Yeah, I, I would say have grace for yourself in all of this. I think it's so easy to have these super high expectations um, everywhere you go of yourself. And I think it's okay to give yourself a break. One of the hardest parts of the adjustment is that, you know, normally when you leave one place, you're at the end of that sort of your time there. And so you've developed pretty good relationships. You've got a best friend. And then and immediately you go from that to these people you don't know. And it's easy to kind of judge them as if they were, oh, well, you're not as good as the friend I just had. And it's like just everyone deserves a little bit of grace as you go through those transitions, including yourself. You know, I think we can even feel guilty as MKs when we know that this is such a part of our our life is making transition. We've done it multiple mm-hmm. times and we're still struggling. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. there there can also be guilt mixed in to all of it. For sure. So having Absolutely. That yes, I've made transitions before, but this is still a new transition. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's different people I've said bye to. It's different experiences. I'm in a, a different season and stage of life that I'm now having to say bye to and adjust to a different season. So what would be for any parents that are listening? We do have parents that tune into the podcast. So what, what advice would you give to them as they are one in the midst of transition themselves, but also maybe trying to help their MK make a successful adjustment and transition? I think first of all, kind of going with that, I mean, it's kind of to the parents, but then also to the MKs too, is is I think sometimes as MKs, we get caught up in our own transitions and we're like, oh, we have to go through all this. We have to go through all this. And it's really easy to forget that our parents went through all of this too, that they had to go to new places and meet new people and figure out what they're doing. And then they're when they're in the States, they're going from one place to the next every week. And yeah. so I think it's also having that perspective that, yeah, parents have to go through all this as well. And so- recognizing, hey, there's grace involved in that. There's also a need for belonging in that. Where's your community? Where are the people that you're connected with as you go through these two? And then in terms of maybe, you know, what you can do for your MKs. So I I do play therapy and I teach play therapy. And um, part of that is child-parent relationship training. So it's using play therapy skills with parents and kids. And so one thing, just kind of a little nugget out of all of that is how can you focus on, like I talked about the listening, how can you allow for your kids to be heard? Do they feel connected? Do they feel a part of the transition? As I mentioned, we're taking a whole family system out of one place and then into the next. The only constant there in terms of relationships are the family relationships. And so I would say, put everything you can into that, you know, try and focus on building a relationship as strong as you can. Spend time with each other. Spend time listening to each other. Spend time sharing with each other the challenges that you go through. And I think, I don't know, I just think that that's such an important piece of all this that sometimes gets lost. It's like, it's not just you're getting moved from one to the other. The whole family's having to move. And so 
having open conversations with that, I think are pretty important. Well, our final question, this is just a fun question that we ask all of our guests. So what would be your bucket list country that you would want to experience in LAC? Mm, I've been thinking about this one. So Ellie's been to Costa Rica and she talks about how wonderful Costa Rica is. So that's on the list. I'd like to check that out. Machu Picchu would be pretty cool out in Peru. That would be pretty good. Oh, this might be the, this might be the most unique one. I don't know if you've heard this one yet. But the island of Bonaire, where it's just a desert and they speak Dutch and apparently they play baseball till midnight, that's what I've heard. And it, and there's sort of like old salt mines and things like that and wild donkeys. And apparently it's just a, it sounds very peaceful when I hear about it. So I would say that's probably a place I'd like to go very check out. Cool. Is this, ha- have your parents been able to make it there yet? Yeah, they're the ones that told me about it. I was okay, like, oh, I need to try wondering. that. They're like, oh, they're like, it's like, oh, nothing else in the world exists about, except for this little island of 20,000 people. I'm like, oh, that, that sounds pretty nice to me. Yeah, sounds like a nice little getaway for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's well, the introvert in me. That's like, I got to I, I want to go there. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, I, I hear you on that. Well, thank you so much for joining us today and being well, on thank the podcast. Thank we, you. We look forward to having you back at some point, but this has been a, a great conversation and I know it's been really helpful to, to our listeners. Very grateful. And MKs, we will be talking to you guys again soon. So stay tuned. We love you guys and talk to you later. Ciao.